Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. I think they'll still notionally try to pretend that they're all being very careful about um, budget uh, management and getting back on track. I mean, economy is always important, but I think the the impact of the pandemic and vaccinations are so massive that that's going to drive the election. Hello, lovely people of podcasts, and welcome to the show. You are with Catherine Murphy, the host, and I'm just going to be honest about this week's episode. I have a problem, and that explains the gents with me in the pod cave in Canberra, I have no idea what is happening in the economy. I have been so busy with the pandemic and a bit of climate change and a bit of all kinds of business that I have completely lost the thread of the economy. And it occurred to me that I have not done a regular episode with, you're going to introduce yourself, fellas, actually. Greg Jericho. And number one with a bullet, Shane Wright. (laughs) We will get to it. We'll explain why I went number one with a bullet very soon. Oh, my God. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Anyway, look, regular listeners uh, will know that uh, periodically I catch up with the lovely Shane Wright, uh, who is at the Nine Facts Papers and who is Senior Economics Correspondent, and I think that's the first time I've ever nailed your title in the first page. Senior. And Greg Jericho, of course, who needs no introduction, Guardian Australia's Man's of Facts charts, numbers, etc. Um, so, yes, we're just going to catch up on the economy. So um, I'm just going to really throw this conversation way open. Shane, why don't you kick us off? What is happening in the economy? Thanks, Shane. Oh, thanks, Greg. <laughs> What's happening in the economy? Um, things are a bit still shut down, mm-hmm. um, but they are going to reopen, and that's the good part. So uh, what that means in terms of ordinary people, is that there are a lot of people who are at home twiddling thumbs, feeling earthquakes and reading Rolling Stone's top 500 oh songs God. of all time. That That's how I segued into number one with a bullet there for you <laughs> listeners. And uh, Greg and I will discuss the uh, uh, RSPECT on number one mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the absence of Cindy Lauper for... Um, we should actually just Murphy. do a music podcast. We should. We will I one mean, day. It is ridiculous that we even pretend these are about the economy. But anyway, uh, yes, yes, sticking, sticking, sticking with to the, that. And that's, Sticking with the alleged topic. The alleged topic, of the people economy. at home reading Rolling Stone online because they have time because they can't go to work at the moment. Uh-huh. And let's see, in in New South Wales, as of last month, there were about 280,000 people who were at home for no work. There were another 300,000 people 
uh, at home working zero hours for what they said were other reasons, which aka I can't go to work. So you've got like there's half a million people in New South Wales right at the moment who can't be who aren't in work. That's the for most people that's the how the economy plays out in terms of have I got work or I haven't. The Reserve Bank and Phil Lowe and Co are talking about uh, we won't be increasing interest rates until Rolling Stone puts out another top 500 list. Um, And you've got a budget that is running into troubles because uh, the price of iron ore has gone south, south, very south, very quickly Mm. because of... Why does that happen? Why is that... I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Evergrande. Um, the huge, the humongous, I think that's the accurate description of the size of this uh, property development company in China, um, which owes a casual half a billion dollars uh, that has to be repaid by the end of the year, um, can't build, there's no demand, ah. it's actually knocking down buildings. What do high-rise buildings contain? Steel, what goes into steel? West Australian iron ore, which four months ago, Cost you two hundred and thirty bucks a ton. Uh-huh. Now you can get it for ninety bucks a ton, Whoa. and it's going south. So uh, that's another big factor that's floating around. But that's for the budget, as opposed to the economy in which you, myself, and Greg inhabit. Yes, mm. indeed, yep. Greg. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, the unemployment rate's at four and a half percent, so everything's rosy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Best unemployment since 2008. What, that's it. That's the um, reaction I had yes. when I saw um, some of the songs on Rolling Stone's Top 500. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Unemp- uh, one of the, the big problems at the moment in, in trying to answer the question of what's happening with the economy is even trying to measure it is is all sort of gone up the spout because uh, things aren't going the way they're meant to be going um, unemployment, as, as Shane pointed out. Do you go up the spout or down the spout? Down the spout, up the spout, around the spout, oh, well, around the twist. Incy Bitsy Spider went up the well, garden Well, he spout. did, and I guess if you had a like a high-pressure fire hose, mm. you could go up the spout. I don't hold a hose, mate. No, well, no. <laughs> Sorry, no, so I said no, no, yes. breaking in with a very important <laughs> check on my metaphor, which... Now I'm just going to go in my little you, box now. Crash through, um, crash through. Crash through. Yeah. yeah, as Shane was pointing out... Um, there's, there was actually more people around Australia who were notionally employed but working zero hours in August than were actually looking for work, which is not how the unemployment rate is meant to work. <laughs> no. I mean, there, there is always a number of people um, who are notionally employed but don't have any shifts and aren't bothered to look for work because they know shifts will probably come back the next week or next month or they're right. Generally, that's about 60000 a month. Um, in August, it was 620,000. So it's a slight jump. Um, the problem is knowing how is that going to get back to normal, how soon we've got all the, um, what is it, what are you called, the map, I guess, for the, the four phase reopening the plan. The reopening Greg. plan. Yes. Um, Which may or may not be informed by the Doherty modelling, depending yeah. on who you talk to. I mean, last. <laughs> Last year, it all—it actually did kind of snap back fairly quickly. Yeah, it did. The Warriors with with Delta, every, it's going to be a little bit tougher, but it's it's it makes it hard to work out: are we really in the crapper, or is it just a, oh, we just have to get past this and everything will bounce back? And it's 
I'm relying on the Ponds Institute to get their, their map out and just see how they that have goes. They suspiciously quiet. I, I know. I, questions need to be asked. They where, do. where is the hyaluronic acid? Um, so <laughs> People are going to ask, know, what the hell's the it, Ponds it Institute? It really is a I know case of trying to measure where things are in stasis at the moment. You know, yes. it's, everything's sort of stopped artificially. Does that mean the economy's going well? No. Does that mean the economy's terrible? I don't know. You know, it's... God help the the poor boffins at the Treasury trying to work out what things will be this time next year. Um, but Take I think we, get paid I the think big we can say yeah. that without too much fear of contradiction that interest rates aren't going anywhere for a long time. What that means for house prices, who knows? But uh, if anything, uh, I think we could guess. If anything tells us about house prices in a pandemic is that uh, reality and house prices have got nothing to do with each other. So it's all a bit weird. I'm going to segue into house prices because pre-pandemic, one of the key arguments about house prices had been that immigration is one of the key issues. Yes, indeed. We've got all these people flooding in. What the hell has happened? That argument has imploded. Yeah. Because we are losing people net out of the country and yet... And yet. And yet this is what's going on. Like we have got 20% increase over the past 12 months in Sydney, uh, 24% in regional New South Wales, regional Tassie. Um, And I think like I had a piece the other day talking about like the average mortgage alone Mm. has gone up $200,000. And I've got pundits saying, oh, it's housing still. Affordability is not out of control. I'm going... Someone's got to pay back this. Like yeah. people are taking mm. out humong- another the humongous term, humongous. humongous mortgages. But that's like of all the things that have come out of the pandemic and the economic impacts, the one about property prices, and it's not just an Australian thing, this is going on mm. everywhere, is that exceptionally cheap money. Yes. All of this cheap money either going to propping up, um, like going into the share market or going into housing. I think it's over the next five to ten years, what happens to all that? What sort of macro impact it's left? I think it's going to be one of the most intriguing questions going around. Well, it looks like the biggest bubble in Christendom. Well, the problem. Was it, well, it a bubble? Is it more I don't, yeah. I don't is it think. More I don't think Phil Lowe and uh, Guy DeBell are really wanting to. Then they've said we're not going to pop it. Yeah. And. The government doesn't want to pop it either because of what would happen if that occurred. But for the love of God, you've yeah, got it's a bit scary. anyone under 40 is absolutely stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you feed into what's going on in incomes and which comes back to Greg's point about, say, the RBA not lifting moving interest rates until forever, like 2024, mm. and that's largely because wages aren't going up. Yes. Yeah. So there's yeah. somewhere along the line it's got to fall apart. The Reserve Bank mm. keeps saying that they won't raise interest rates until inflation's consistently the... within 2 to 3% and they also, obviously, wages need to be growing by more than that for prices yeah. to be going up. And, you know, let's be honest, wages are not going to be getting above 3% growth. Well, not at all, let's be honest, because that's the experience of recent years, but certainly not in an environment where there is, uh, you know, getting back to where we started, which is who knows what's happening mm. in the economy, like that's the principal point. I mean, you need confidence. You need confidence about your viability, your prosperity, in order to, you know, give your employees a larger 
share of compensation. But I just there's one point I just want to linger on here. Um, Another and... song not on the top 500 <laughs> list by the Cranberries. Just saying, linger wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> just. What, what can I do? What can I say? I'm already not in control of this conversation. Um, what is the impact, do we know? The, I, know there are, um, I know there are considerable fiscal supports out there. People, get, people are getting hardship pay, payments. Businesses are getting business support payments, although a couple of mates of mine in small business have said to me it's fiendishly difficult, actually, to get your money on the cash, your, your hands on the cash. Um, obviously, JobKeeper is no longer... Um, but the whole sort of methodology of JobKeeper was keeping people, in, you know, attached to uh, viable businesses that would snap back, would bounce back. D- is that unquantifiable? Do we do we know what's happening out there? Because I, I don't know. Look, my mates in small business f- feel a bit more desperate to me than they did 12 months ago about whether or not this is going to be okay or not. Yeah, I think that goes to what I was sort of saying about last Last year, there was this real sense of all hands, you know, all shoulders to the wheel, we'll get through this and we'll be there for you. And, and, and also when the lockdowns ended, there was this sense of, oh, we got through it. Whew, that was good. And now this one, I think everyone, us included, who is in lockdown right now, are like, aren't we meant to be past this? And it does grind on you, I think. And, well, and there's, I, there's I wonder the... how that's going to react when the lockdown ends, a business is going to be, oh, we're all back, or they're going to go, okay, I might just wait a little before we get too excited about investing and rehiring and, and expanding because we've seen this movie before and I, I, I don't know. I'm st- I still am relatively confident it'll bounce mm. just because, one, there is so much money still in... Yeah, yeah in, cheap money. There's, cheap there's so money. much money in people's bank deposits yeah. because yeah. they haven't been able to spend, spend it. it. Yeah. Okay. We know, for instance, the hairdressers, and I'm looking at all three of us, uh, the hairdressers are going to do exceptionally well. Personal mm-hmm. care is going to do exceptionally well whenever we get out of this, for instance. And I, that rush that will come once you can go out and do some stuff... Yes. Mm. We'll give you, and you'll see that in the December. Fingers crossed. Once, if we get through all these, the Pons Institute plan, the Burnett plan, the mm. Doherty plan, the Morrison plan, the Friends Elbow plan, Friends of Pons Institute, Friends plan. of Pons Institute plan. Mm-hmm. Once we get all through that, yes, you will see that from October through to November. You can see that, and I think my gut feel is that this Christmas will be a really big one. Yeah. Because, and it goes to the the psychology yeah. that Greg's touching on that people have been ground down. Yes. And they, you can you could almost you could you'll hear the relief I reckon once I, people I, come out. I absolutely yeah. reckon that's right from a from a consumption point of view. Yeah, right. Like but I the reckon business that's point right. of view. Yeah, it's that's the business my sort point of, thing. of view. I can see it's, everyone. It's, yeah, I just. It's sort of like the thing is right. Like it, it, getting back to the Pons Institute, mm. friends of Pons Institute, Doherty Institute, Burnett Institute, friends of the Burnett Institute plans. Right, what they all suggest to us is that even at high vaccination rates, even if we hit these 70, 80, 90% thresholds, right, of, of adult vaccinations, still need a public health response in order to control uh, new infections because what we see in the data from Israel and elsewhere is that people, even fully vaccinated people, getting breakthrough in- infections, yeah. right? So hospo businesses 
hairdressing businesses. Like one imagines that if if this is actually a phased reopening that doesn't result in just mass non-compliance, just mass Mm. screw that, we're not going to do that, these businesses will have capacity restrictions and other things for a period of time. So then... Then can you know, I mean, I know this is imponderable, but I mean, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast Mm. is pondering the imponderable. That's what we should call it, actually. Well, again, the top ten on the Rolling Stone (laughs) top five, it's unponderable. We could ponder that for hours. He will not be thwarted on the top ten. I'm not going to be. He will not. Um, No, but seriously, I I know we're guessing, so full disclosure to the listeners, obviously we're all guessing, but that's what's running through my mind. So what what's the viability of the corner store cafe if for a number of months they can have, I don't know, six sit-down patrons, yeah. for example? That's a good question. But I look at what's going on in Europe, Britain, US, for instance, Japan, where they have to, to paraphrase, live, they're living with the virus. Yeah. And I, I don't think Australians and Kiwis, for instance, who are in the same boat as us, are that different to the family from St. Louis or the one who lives in the, the suburbs of Tokyo, that where the economy has come back, even with what, even with living with mass cases, large numbers of deaths. And I think part of it, again, comes back to Greg's point, the last 18 months of such a grind, people... Yeah. And I think we're, we're seeing it, some of that pushback right mm. now from people who are in lockdown on the streets of Melbourne or on Bondi Beach. They're fed up. So they'll just say, well, screw it, and especially if they've been vaxxed. They'll say, yeah. screw it. Yeah. Like I'll take my chances. Yeah. Because yeah. I think once yeah. we get to that sort of 80% level of, of double vaxxed, you can see there's going to be a strong push of people going, I'm double vaxxed, just yeah, let me, get let out of my me way. leave my house. But yeah. I think where one of the things I'm interested in seeing is is in terms of given that borders still seem a fair way off being free and open, um, and I mean international borders, not so much state borders, is still that sense of I wonder when are we ever going to get back to that point where we think, yeah, I'm going to book a holiday a year in advance and I'm going to feel confident that it's good. I mean, I've had so many damn things cancelled um, in the past 18 months that it's like I've got I've got tickets for a show in Melbourne next July and I'm thinking... I hope, <laughs> surely by then. I've but, got a neighbour you know. who has booked, He last year he was booked for a trip overseas with the family to Europe and that got abandoned. He has rebooked for next for next yeah. European summer because he keeps saying, Shane, what are the chances? Yeah. He said, but I'm going to take a punt. I know. But I, and the I thing is know. he made money la- yeah. on the cancellation last time <laughs> because of movement in the exchange rate. And I'm thinking, you're a smart bugger, aren't you? God, well, but, obviously someone mm. with a much higher risk appetite than perhaps the three yes. of us in this uh, Well, he lives next door to me, so he does have a higher <laughs> risk appetite straight off. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that, Shane. I was just going to sort of, you know, smooth over that for you rather than just sort of shove that shove that in the ear of the listeners. Um but one other point on that, right, the resumption of what we would regard as normal travel overseas, et cetera, um, like there's, again, I mean, we're, we're well off onto, you know, I'm well off into the paddock here in terms of freeforming. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it, that, it's an interesting proposition, your neighbour rebooking his European holiday. Like, are travel insurers going to insure people uh, against coronavirus, for That's, example? That's a great question. 
It's a great question. Mm. And then also, so you've, you've got that, right, can you get travel insurance? Uh, like if you, I don't know, she looks around furtively, say if you're over 50, <laughs> could you? <laughs> exactly. We're all looking let, for the person over get, 50 in this conversation. Let me get my Zimmer frame. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, we're only just over 50, let's be honest. Um, hey, anyway, I'm, I'm and yes, just you're, under 50. Yeah, yes, I'll and Greg is know. actually still doesn't look south it. of 50. <laughs> It doesn't feel it. The years have have taken their toll. Anyway, no, but there is that point, right? So can you Mm. get travel insurance? Also, it feels to me like international travel is going to be expensive for a long time as they build up capacity, Mm. right, as Mm. they build up the markets and the volumes back to where they were. I don't know. But this goes back to all the money that people have have socked away. Yes, yes, indeed. And this is one of the things which, in fact, I articulated in the last time we did this and which ended up as a really good story and which people have said, you're right, that the closed border has become Mm. a de facto stimulus. Yes, yes. So as much as, right, Qantas is going to be happy and good on them and all the travel agents who do the bookings and and, uh, all the other airlines involved, that'll be a a movement of money out of the country. And so that will be really interesting because, remember, who, who did best in summer like this year, which was all the local domestic holiday places. You yeah. couldn't get yeah. you could you couldn't get a, a a place to put down a tarp, let mm. alone an Airbnb place or anything, because all the money went into the local economy. It was one of the reasons we did so well through the last half of last year. Yes, yes. Yeah. Once that reopens, that escape valve of cash out of the country, it'll be opened. Well I suppose but, but then you if if migration returns yeah. and mm. then you've That's got right. some inflows then. So yeah. but and Yeah, it's, but it's then, the swings and roundabouts it, of it all. But yes, yeah, but that's no, an but, issue. But yeah. no, but you're dead right in terms of God that like it'll be like a bloody, you know, it'll be like the running of the bulls in terms of You're going to Pamplona. <laughs> Well, who knows? You and your Zimmer frame. I can't wait to see it. Can I get travel insurance? I don't know. Will I be? (laughs) I'd be more worried about the insurance for getting hit by a bull, let alone (laughs) alone coronavirus. That's right. Okay. All right. So um, let's think about the economy and political cycles. So we've obviously got a MAIFO before the end of the year. We also have the final budget outcome coming next week. Next Mm -hmm. week. Uh, why don't you sketch that one for us, Shane? <laughs> the final budget outcome will it's be like a thud. will be a lot lower. Like ah. the, the deficit will be a lot yeah, lower yeah, because ah. of what happened uh, last year. The economy came back so well, ah, yes, and course. that high priced yeah. iron ore is all factored in there. So it'll yeah. see what the forecast was for about one hundred and sixty bill deficit. It will come in maybe one hundred and forty, maybe less. Ah, uh, yes. However, yes. My EFO will show the deterioration for the current year. Yes. Yeah. One looks backwards, one looks forward. Yeah, that's yes. right. So the fall off in prices and the lockdown in iron ore prices and the lockdown that has really like I think we'll we'll yeah. see the September quarter fall by about four yeah. percent. So the deficit in which the year you'll fight the election will go up from about I think it was forecast about hundred and eight. They'll have to push that up to about 120, maybe 130, because we know how much money's going out the door right now yes. from the federal coffers going out to keep people alive and keep businesses alive. That's all flowing right now. So that's that's that in terms of the broad number. There's that 120 bill deficit. How like we have never been in this space where we've run an election campaign where 
the government that last time ran debt and deficit yeah. is in debt and deficit. Like we are at, we'll go to 100, 850 billion gross debt this week, all time high, on its way to a trillion in the next five, six years. How you mount an argument about business uh, budget rectitude, you just oh, yeah. well, you yeah. simply can't. Nice. Yeah. But nice. how they then develop, how both sides develop policy, I find really interesting as well. Because if you accept we're just going to have deficits, then does that affect your mindset in policy? Yes. Well, mm. well, does it affect internal discipline in in political parties mm. on in both sides? In various in, stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I. I Offsets. Does anyone remember be... offsets? Yeah, that's right. It's gone. Yeah. That's all gone. Yes, yeah. it is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of a little bit gone beforehand anyway, wasn't it? All the <gasps> savings that they would were going to. Not to this extent. But... No, no, but I'm saying the old budget rule of we will. Yeah, one in, one, one out. One in, one yeah. out. Yeah. Well, yeah. like look at the change to the, the increase in new, well, I was going to call it new start, job seeker, mm. whatever mm. it is now. Yeah. That was eight, ten billion. <laughs> yeah. nah, no. No offsets at all. Yes, it, yes. I think they'll still notionally try to pretend that they're all being very careful about um, budget uh, management and getting back on track, although the latest um, parliamentary budget office uh, beyond the budget report shows that we're going to be in debt for a very long time. Um, out to 2060, we'll still have gross debt. Will we get back yeah. to where we were, yeah. which we were still in debt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I still think, uh, the, I mean, economy is always important, but I think the the impact of the pandemic and vaccinations and all that is so massive that I think that's going to drive the election more than whether the unemployment is getting better because you know, no one trusts the unemployment at the moment. Um, who cares about GDP and things like that? And, and the budget deficit is so massive that it, it just, what are we talking about here? Oh, you're... Ten billion better off, but that we're still a hundred billion. You know, yeah. it's it's kind. Of, it it all matters when the figures are in single digits, and it all seems, oh, yours is still in deficit, whereas ours is in surplus. Yeah, yeah. fighting over, you know, minute differences in massive deficits mightn't have the impact, and and also if the pandemic is still going, if lockdowns are still going, if you know. I think that's going to override it. But or I... there's another catastrophe of some sort. Mount Ainsley explodes <laughs> and, uh, and uh, Northside becomes, uh, this looks like Mount, the side of Mount Etna. We're, we're, we're laughing. Comes we're, riding we're, over. That's right. Whoa, boys. Whoa. <laughs> we're laughing out of a self-protection yes, mechanism, yes, not because we are actually gallows. indifferent to <laughs> human life, just to, just to be clear, just to be clear. And none before, of us live near Mount Ainsley. Before, yeah. before you write letters, just to be clear, we are not at all indifferent to uh, human survival. But, but I, yes. I think on the, regardless of, of the economy, I think the economy will improve once the lockdowns and everything ease and you can suggest that Scott Morrison will wait until it seems to be the opportune time where everyone feels like, oh, it's at least back to sort of normal. Maybe the footy crowd is kind of back to normal. Um, it's going to be hard to... To hold an election if you still have people, um, you know, not even able to go outside. And well, that's a that's a whole where, other. You know, it's, well, it's, Canada's Canada's yeah. an interesting prototype. Oh, Canada. On the, oh, Canada. Yeah. Well, he got he got back Trudeau. I mean, yeah. uh, which is, uh, but you know, but 
uh, looked a bit hairy there for a while, but that's an interesting prototype mm. of how the hell you run an election campaign during a pandemic, which is another um, another mind bender, I guess. It's sort of you know, quite interesting to think about that. But it's we've sort of said this implicitly, but let's foreground it slightly more. It's sort of like we're looking at an election cycle this time and if this comes to pass, it'll be certainly the first election cycle in my reporting lifetime where, where the economy and management of the economy is not issue number one. No. That's like I'm struggling right. to think of another... Another in my reporting lifetime. September where... 11, the 2001. Oh, yes, yeah. security. Yes, that's yeah. true, actually. Because the... Yes, that was more tin hat than economy. That's um, right. And we haven't got on to the cost of our, oh, the, our submarines. Our, 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 our quiet, watery well, friends. Oh, my Lord. We, we'll worry about that when we get there. I don't... <laughs> I, I was doing. I was doing a thought experiment. How many MPs in the House right now will be here when the first nuclear-powered submarine, HMAS uh, Kangaroo, yes. goes through Sydney Heads? Yes. I don't know if there'll be any. No. Well, we'll all, we, we will be in the Zimmer frame. All we of will us. be Zimmer frame, and yes. we'll be paying for it with a, the special Zimmer frame tax, yes. given so, I mean, the, the cost of those things. The good thing is, though, because the seas will have risen, it'll make it a lot easier <laughs> for the subs to get from the ground. I like your thinking. <laughs> No, and, I mean, and we won't have to worry about Adelaide because no, it'll be yeah, under three under, feet of water. Well, yeah. and and half of Sydney. Anyway, yeah. in, in happier news, um, when do we when do we think? I uh, know oh this is ridiculous, but let's do it anyway. When do we think the election will be, Greg? You go well, first. I guess the question is: Do we think that? I think with that is: Do we think they'll hold an early budget, like in March yes, or something sure. like that? Yep. Um, which yep. they did. Which one was it? Twenty sixteen. Uh, last year. Oh, last year, yeah, okay. yeah. It was yeah. April. Yes. April, oh. April 2. Yes. Yeah, the last It's one. tragic that I know that oh, date. No, yeah. no, no, no. Well, yeah, no, no. You're thinking Turnbull because he, yes. he prorogued, he prorogued the Parliament, yeah. brought the Parliament oh. back, a budget was we delivered, had two, then we went to... We've had, right. two, we had two early budgets. budgets. Yes, yeah, that's, that's why right. it's in your so mind. I, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again, if all goes well. They yeah. do an early budget. I reckon yeah. they'll, myself, mm. for what it's worth, I reckon they don't want to do another budget, which Probably is why not. it's very yeah. likely in my mind that on the 27th of January the Prime Minister Goes will stride into his and, courtyard and yeah. say, hi, we're off, Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Murph. I think that makes a fair bit of sense, I think, for, for them. But that also means no mass death, that yeah. reopening yes, has happened. Yes, of course, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. If, so if, Chris, if Christmas yep. is not 30 people around the table but 30 people at a funeral for uh, Uncle Reg who passed away from yes, COVID, yeah. I think Horrendous. that yeah. will push you, that puts you back to May. Yeah. Well, it's sort of, it's interesting this because, uh, like, I, I can't see them going to an election this year. I can't, no. I can't see it. No. But nonetheless, these, these theories do persist that they will. Uh, on on that basis, in a way, that the longer you wait, the more the very the, the, the more risk there are in the variables, right? Because mm. obviously, uh, the prime minister cannot occupy the office forever. He will have to face the people. Uh, you know, one of the biggest advantages incumbents have is they they choose the election timing. Uh, obviously, if you were worried that things were going to go really dramatically south next year, then you might go early, but you'd wear the dividend for being tricky. Also, I yeah. think so, also you'd only you'd only make the calculation going early, given what's happening in Victoria and New South Wales. If you think the blame will go to the state governments, not to federal, but the problem with that is people don't differentiate and they'll just blame whoever comes first. And if first up is a federal election, well. 
that might get the blame. I, just, I can't see it doing while well, we got a lockdown. It just no, in the two in fifty percent of the population are, are under lockdown. I th- and I look you at know. like Morrison has told his own troops he wants to go yeah. term. Yeah. Inside the Liberal Party, like the the mess that is the West Australian Liberal Party, like the, and trying to they haven't not, not neither party has got candidates in every key seat mm. yet. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Which there is always danger in racing that out. We're into the last week of September, thirty three days. You've got to make that. You've got to make a call for a, the first week of December election, mm. which is really the last time you can go. You've got to make that call in the next four weeks. Yes, yes, and. And that and that means you've lost my EFO as a possibility as, as a, a rallying call. Yes. Um, because it, the my my EFO will be bad in ter- in terms of what um, like what the budget bottom line is. But lockdown is the key. Yeah. Mm. I, I think yes. if they if they go if they went this year, it also brings out the questions to be: Are you being you know safe and you know makes them look like you're being sort of disregarding the the health advice and and all that, which they don't want to have to be talking about. And but yeah, it's either they come come back after Australia Day and call it, or they have to think about an early budget. And you're right, if they don't want an early budget, then it's going to be in early March. Yeah, mm, I and think if it's not, it's going to be in. May, May. I guess. Mm. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, what else? What have we forgotten? We're, we're sort of bang on the on the time, um, but what what imponderables have we not yet scaled? In terms of the economy. Yes, in terms of the economy. Final so, thoughts. Let's call it that. Final thoughts well, on the thoughts economy. And observations. Mm. Well, apart, f- uh, you end up back in housing. I think. Yes. Um, just if and if. if there is concern of something going wrong in housing if prices keep going up again that becomes an election issue yes yes and remember 2019 election they the government actually did stuff they made their policy about giving money to young homeowners to, to make it easy for them to get into the housing market which yeah. has worked an absolute treat in terms of yeah just putting upward demand on mm, prices exactly thanks very much yeah that's mm. right but that like that issue is there because at the end of the day it is a huge point to everybody who in in the economy about whether they can afford to rent, whether they can afford to buy, whether the value of what they own is going up or down. Mm. Uh, and then we get into wages growth as well, which is always a constant. Yes. And it's a con- it's constantly bad. Yes, constantly bad. Yes. So well, we're really getting into cost of living issues. Yeah. And yeah, so it's sort of that's that's interesting, isn't it, Shane? Because in a way, you know, we've we've all just said this this won't be an uh, economy is front and centre mm. election, but there'll be a consumer element of your ex- your lived experience, as there always the is with an election. As there always is, yeah, and, yeah, and especially yeah, because right. in both parties are going to well, perhaps not the Labor Party as much, but certainly there is going. There's always a sense of okay things in the past I don't care about. Tell me what are you going to do for me now, which means the economy always comes back. So, And if it is, I mean, house prices are insane. Yes. Mm. There's a chance that uh, if, if the the home loan growth um, flows through to house prices like it has for the last 20 years, we're looking at 40% growth in Sydney and Melbourne of house prices. In a year, yeah. Which please is don't say that. Just <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, certainly it's not sustainable, and yeah, it's and given the fact that interest rates really can't go up because 
the economy is not in a position for, other than house prices, the economy is not in a position for interest rates to go up yes. right, at yes. all. Yes, um, This leads possibly in, in bad areas. Yes. Um, well, that, that's, yeah, well, let's... But the, mm. the, the worst thing is bad areas that neither party really wants to confront. Well, that's, that's the right. thing. It's sort of like then you hit this sort of weird void in the Australian context of there's a completely absent build back better debate here. Like there's a build back better debate and I don't just mean for sustainability, I just mean across the board. Mm. All around the world there's a build back better <laughs> debate. Strangely in Australia... We, we're not there yet. So anyway, let's, let's think about housing and we'll end on the horns of that particular And, we'll, and I'll also mention Pink Houses by John Mellencamp was also not on no. the top 500 no, I, list. I can live with that one. You though, can live I with think, that one? Yeah, okay. I can live with Imagine getting higher than a day in the life. That's just a disgrace. <laughs> well, Guys, you yeah, know where we are right. on social media. Yeah. If you do have thoughts about Rolling Stone... We can argue about Britney Houston. Not Britney Houston. Britney Houston. Whitney Houston. Well, at least Whitney Houston's version of Dolly Parton's song, Yeah, I Will Always Love You. Very good version. They'd made it there. There you go. Look, but Britney Britney was there once too often, I reckon. Very tough. If you have thoughts. If you Boom Tash. If you have thoughts about the imponderability of housing policy. I'm trying to work out if that's a word. What Okay. Just let it fly. Just go with it. Uh, the the uh, Rolling Stone list and order therein. Mm-hmm. We are all highly visible characters on social media. I'm sure. I'm sure yes. we will hear from all of you. Thank you to Shane. Thank you to Greg. Thank you because seriously, this has been an incredibly helpful conversation for me, and I hope for the listeners as well. Uh, thank you to Miles Martignoni, who's the EP of this show. I'm not actually sure who's cutting the show this week, but it could be Alison Chan. Good luck. I'm not mm. sure. Yes, exactly. Good A lot luck. Of cutting. Yes. Anyway, thank you to whomever is cutting the show this week. I love you. Thank you. Uh, thank you to you all for listening, sharing the usual drill. We will be back next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.